0: Hello, and welcome to today's COSIDA Capital One Listening and Leading webinar. We appreciate you taking this time to join us today, especially in these difficult and uncharted times that we're all in. Today's discussion will focus on realizing the value of communication pros and provide you with a first look at some results from the 2020 COSIDA salary survey. I'm Jennifer Cross. I'm the COO and co-founder of Athlete Viewpoint and I will serve as today's moderator. Athlete Viewpoint is a survey research company that provides services to intercollegiate athletic departments and affiliated organizations such as COSIDA. We partnered with COSIDA on this recent compensation and salary survey, which was designed to show the value of athletics communications professionals in the industry and arm you with information to advocate for your role and your area on campus. While the world has changed dramatically since this survey was conducted, your value is more important than ever. There are a million data points for COSIDA to sift through as a result of this survey, and we will be doing that with them over the next few weeks, and the results will be released as they're digested and summarized for the membership. Before we begin today, I'd like to say a quick thank you to COSIDA's corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of this continuing education series. This webinar is being recorded and will be posted on COSIDA.com, the COSIDA YouTube channel, and in the COSIDA Connect online community. This also will be available as a podcast and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on COSIDA.com. Finally, we really want to hear from you today. Please put your questions in the chat box, which you'll find on the right side of the GoToWebinar portal. We will review them as they come in and dedicate a portion of today's webinar to whatever is on your minds. So let's get started. The content for today's webinar includes a few key areas, such as seeing all of the essential skills data that came through the salary survey. What are the different aspects and elements of your role? We will also talk about your plans and how you can be seen as problem solvers when you're called into the highest rooms on campus in your department for some of these really hard decisions that we know are forthcoming to athletic departments all throughout the country. We're going to talk a little bit about how do you get to the table and make sure you have that seat and position yourself accordingly. And how do you get the courage to be bold enough to speak up for yourself and for your staff so i'd like to start by day, today by briefly introducing our panelists we have three uh, esteemed professionals who will lead our discussion today uh, first is dr michael cross he is a career athletics professional having served as a student athlete a coach a compliance officer a sport administrator a researcher and a division one athletic director Mike currently serves as the AD for New Business Development at Penn State University and is also on the Executive Committee for the Penn State Center for the Study of Sports in Society. He is also the CEO and co-founder of Athlete Viewpoint and serves as a consultant for the Knight Foundation Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics. Our next panelist is Mary Beth Challoner who oversees events, marketing, and athletic communications at the University of Toronto Athletic Department. She has over 20 years of experience and leads a team of five full-time staff, three seasonal assistants, and 85 student staff. Other professional roles have included time with the Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, the Toronto Raptors, Canadian soccer for the 2014 FIFA U20 Women's World Cup, and Basketball Canada. Mary Beth also serves as the in stadium announcer for the Canada Soccer Women's Soccer Friendlies each summer and played ice hockey as a student athlete at the University of Toronto, winning three conference championships. Just yesterday, she did that. <laughs> Our third panelist is EJ Borghetti, the Executive Associate Athletic Director for the University of Pittsburgh Athletic Department. He is one of the longest tenured members of the department with 23 years of service. And as the chief spokesperson for Pitt Athletics, EJ oversees the daily operations of the media relations division, which publicizes the Panthers 19 intercollegiate sports. He has a specific focus on Pitt football, and he directs all of the media initiatives for the program. So thank you to all three of our panelists. We're really excited to hear what you have to say today and to, again, our participants to send in your questions as today's webinar proceeds um, for our panelists to uh, address and share some insight with you. So today we'll start with Mike, and we're gonna ask you just to start by talking a little bit about the salary survey itself, that project, and the relationship that was built between COSIDA and Athlete Viewpoint.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jennifer. And uh, your comments about esteem are, are appreciated, although I think the esteem is uh, with uh, EJ and Mary Beth, for sure, bit laced on based on hearing their background. So, uh, you know, I want to jump off and, and give you a brief context of how this came together. Uh, COSIDA has been doing uh, a salary survey uh, for some period of time, uh, and we got into a dialogue with them about the work that they were doing, the value that they saw in it, and we thought there were ways that could Uh, build on that previous research and enhance the value. And what started initially as a focus on salary uh, evolved over time to be a discussion about uh, all of the other types of roles and all of the various things that uh, people in athletic communications do. And it's a a very comprehensive job. You know, I think about the people that I have worked with at Penn State, uh, people I have worked with at Princeton, uh, at Bradley and at other institutions, and it's it's amazing to see the breadth and depth of skills and uh, talents that are brought to the table. And capturing that uh, in ways that uh, is going to talk about more than just salary was what we really aimed to do through this process. Uh, the thing that was fantastic about this survey process is once we got the survey instrument built and there was a lot of back and forth to make sure the right questions were asked, Uh, And obviously, if you don't ask good questions, as you all know, in this business, you're not going to get good answers. We really focused on trying to get good questions in front of people uh, and put together a pretty lengthy survey instrument. Uh, COSIDA really utilized its strengths as it related to promotion and uh, all the types of skills that you see on a regular basis to drive participation in the survey. And that participation was fantastic. This went out to almost uh, 3,000 COSIDA members and nearly 2,000 of them completed the survey in its entirety uh, with a completion rate of 65%, which is really a tremendous response rate. And again, a tribute to the dedication of the professionals, the dedication of COSIDA to make sure that the information that was gathered would be valuable and meaningful. Uh, Over 90% of the respondents that we got information from work full-time in the profession and uh, are tied to an athletic department in some way shape or form so uh, a fantastic environment and fantastic data set that you're going to get to see over the coming weeks uh, as it relates to the information that was captured what we're doing now is taking the information that's been gathered and there's a lot of it and talking about how we can use this information to help all of you uh shape the way you're thinking about your jobs shape the way you're thinking about how to handle uh, a new environment, a very challenging environment. You know, these are very sensitive times, and those types of environments require thoughtful people who have a lot of skills and have a lot of experience. The exposure that all of you have to to every area of your athletic department is crucial. We want to set you up for success as it relates to some of those types of things. Uh, there's an infographic that you're seeing here uh, that talks about some of the Uh, things and responsibilities that you have. This is a a different version of it. Uh, And As you can see, you got two people juggling and there's a lot of balls in the air. Uh, Interestingly, in the time that we're in right now, uh, a lot of those uh, responsibilities, actually only two of them, have changed at all. So many of the things that you need to do related to uh, working with uh, writing press releases about important things that are happening as your campus closes or your department pivots uh, is is crucial to see. Um, there's a whole variety of different pieces of information that uh, put together an overarching set of skills uh, and point to the value of you as sports information directors and athletics communication professionals. Uh, and those things really are going to be more important going forward. Uh, and there's a, you obviously know there's no slack in the system. You don't look for things to do every day. They come at you from all different angles. Many of them are very unpredictable. And uh, when things are happening on a schedule, which they always do, the game times are scheduled, they're set, they're public, you have to be ready to go and that work starts hours in advance. The historical work, uh, the pregame setup, all of those types of things are the types of things that are going to be crucial in the coming uh, weeks, months and years as it relates to this profession. So uh, the types of things that are contained in this document and what we're gonna talk about with uh, Mary Beth and EJ, Uh, are some of just the initial things that we have pulled out with more to come. So why don't I stop there? uh, And Jen, you can transition to, uh, to Mary Beth and EJ.
0: Thanks, Mike. So Mary Beth and EJ are both members of the COSIDA Advocacy Committee, and they have received a high level briefing about the survey results. And now, as Mike said, we're beginning to drill down into specific lanes of those results. Uh, over the coming weeks. But I'd like to turn it over to the two of you to talk a little bit about your work, um, the work of the advocacy committee in particular, um, and how you're gonna be looking at the survey results relative to this first initial infographic and release of information, um, and just what it means for you as athletics communications professionals who are on your respective campuses.
2: Thanks, Jennifer. And yeah, both EJ and I are members of the newly formed advocacy committee. It's a relatively new committee that was that's led by the uh, steadfast guidance of Shelley Poe. Um, we're a diverse, diverse group from across uh, the country or countries in this case. Um, and we represent all levels of collegiate athletics, so it's well represented. Um, what I love most, and in talking with EJ, I think I can speak for both of us is just um, the, with this committee coming together, there's a common bond and a hope to better position our members within their own institutions and our departments, and hopefully provide them with at very least framework um, to help them advocate for themselves, their roles, and all that they bring to an athletics department and beyond. So webinars such as, such as this one, the data collection that, and working with you guys and what you've been able to do. Um, and as we through go through the information that's been collected and we're able to disseminate it um, tangibly, Um, which will be done in the the coming weeks. And hopefully we'll provide you with tools uh, as you navigate what are now uncharted territory. Um, So during a time like this, uh, we face a lot lot of anxiety, concern, and potential fear um, because of all of the unknowns. Uh, We hope by the end of today, uh, we'll help provide you with some strategies, tactics, best practices, Uh, in a variety of ways to better position yourselves and really make a case for the work that we do that we all do and the value we bring not only to our athletic department but to other areas of the university um this isn't uh this isn't a time to shy away we are communicators and what we don't do necessarily is communicate about about ourselves we talk about everything else and everybody else but right now we need to Uh, Communicate about the wonderful and great things that we do. Um, This infographic that is being displayed, uh, EJ and I got an insight to it earlier on in a meeting we had last week, and I think it really struck all of us to see all of the balls that we do juggle, and it's it's amazing and it's outstanding. And a lot of these are transferable skills. Um, In our discussion, one of the main things that has stuck with me a great point made by Kevin Trainer from the University of Arkansas, and he called us firefighters. Um, As communications professionals, we are the ones running into the fire while everyone else is running out and we need to ensure that everybody knows that we are going in to fight this fire. Um, We we put out the flames, we restore a sense of calm and and really do juggle a lot uh, while doing this. So I think it's very important that we um, learn to advocate for ourselves and really display all of the wonderful things uh, and amazing things that we contribute again, not only to just to the athletic department, but how that can transcend across the campus.
3: Mary Beth, that's really well said. And, um, you know, let me say this, first of all, in this time of sheltering in place, uh, this opportunity to interact even virtually is much, much appreciated. I want to thank Doug and Lori and certainly Shelly for the invitation to participate today. And, uh, you know, I I, I start with a question uh, for all of those who are out there and participating today. When you looked at that graphic, when you continue to look at that graphic, how do you feel? You know, some might say overwhelmed. Um, I, I want to encourage you to feel a specific way. I think everyone who looks at that graphic, everyone who is in this virtual room right now should sit up, maybe stick out that chest a little bit, and feel very, very prideful, very prideful, very bold about what, we do, you know, um, I want to put this in baseball terms here to my fellow SIDs, we'll put it in sports parlance. You know, SIDs are the five cool players in the athletic department. You know, they hit for average, they hit for power, they run the bases, they throw well, they feel well. You know, we are Willie Mays, we're A-Rod, you know, that, we should feel very emboldened by that fact. Uh, we do a lot. Uh, let me ask you a few questions You can answer to yourselves here. You know, what person, what people in the uh, athletic administration knows more about our student athletes than us who's embedded with them, you know, uh, beyond coaches, obviously coaches spend a lot of one-on-one and specific time with them, but you know, we are in the trenches with them, you know, during the week, game days, after games, celebrating their success, feeling their disappointments. You know, uh, who in the athletic administration, without warning, can give a better elevator pitch to an influential person, us? Um, certainly now more than ever, we're hearing about the importance of economics and finances and certainly fundraising. That is completely understood and agreed. But uh, think about this. When, you're just, when your department starts a major initiative, uh, a major fundraising campaign, uh, a major marketing campaign, you know, who's on the top of the list to be called in that room to help shape that message and shape those materials for that effort? It's SIDs, no matter what we call ourselves these days. Uh, You know, I I believe that SIDs are equipped to impact virtually every corner of our athletic department. Um, uh, Look at those bubbles. Think about how much that you do. Think about how, how well prepared you are you are ready at a moment's notice to come running out of the bullpen and use another baseball analogy and impact the game and impact how a department does business. And um, you should feel great about that now more than ever. Certainly the last few weeks have been challenging um, for institutions, for states, for the nation, you know, for the world as a whole. Um, Think about the high level communications that have been necessary, both internally as well as externally. we are all very much involved in that. And uh, that's been vital. And that's been very, very important. And it's efforts like that, people like sports information directors and the like to keep institutions moving forward. So um, it's uh, it's something you should take great pride in. And uh, certainly, uh, I think you'll have many great takeaways today from this discussion. Um, But I think the biggest is a sense of pride uh, of what our mission is every day, what we're committed to, and how well and how diversely we serve uh, an athletic department and an institution of higher learning every hour of the day.
0: That's great. And it's a great way that you both just framed what we're gonna lead into next, which is what are some of those more tactical suggestions for um, taking the pride that we have in our work in this profession and translating that into some action items, some deliverables, some tactics that can be used by SIDs, by athletics communications professionals, as we try to navigate this current current situation. Um, so Mary Beth, maybe uh, let's have you start us out. Um, you wear a lot of hats. I was mm-hmm. struck by that. Um, you know, definitely one of those professionals that is keeping a lot of these different balls in the air. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you go about educating other professionals, whether it's within your own department, whether it's um, more on campus broadly, Um, but what should people attending today be thinking about as they begin to really work on crafting their own personal value proposition uh, to present to their supervisors and, and people elsewhere on campus?
2: Well, I think, Jennifer, you have to document it. You have to really kind of lay it out in an infographic like this or some sort of document that shows uh, what you've been able to do and what you've been able to accomplish and the things that you've been working on, even in this last month. And in this last month, you've likely not just been working on things um, within your own athletic department, and it can be stuff externally. But I think you need to find a way to document all of that and ensure that the right people are seeing this information. Um, I just, we were, EJ and I were talking the other day about some of the things we wanted to discuss and and he he asked me to bring this forward. So I'll bring forth an example that most recently happened on our campus. Um, obviously with the cancellation of awards, dinners and banquets, we opted to do ours virtually. So we made the announcement of our major award winners or all, all our athletic awards recipients online. Um, so there was video done. So this goes to some of these bubbles that you see juggling um over on, in that infographic so there was graphic design involved there was video content there was social digital media everything needed to be integrated in how we were going to virtually present what was ultimately an athletics banquet and now an online format um so I thought we put together a fairly succinct package um sent it to the athletic director and we're an integrated faculty on our campus so we sent it to the dean of the faculty who was blown away quite honestly and it wasn't mm-hmm to ensure that they knew who our athletic award winners was, how we presented the information, but just in that, just making sure he was well aware uh, and she was well aware of the product that we had produced um, ignited some thought. And and since the, um, uh, the Dean Student Leadership, which is an academic award and a leadership award, their reception had been canceled, convocation has been cancelled on our campus so the normally the reception they do to recognize all their academic recipients has now been cancelled we've now been invited to that table so because of what we were able to produce and show and display they were like this looks great how can we translate this to now some of the academic elements that we wanted to um to do virtually and recognize these recipients before we get to next year and so they don't get lost and so that these students get the proper recognition or at least some recognition um, out in the public of the wonderful work that they've done. So I was invited to that table. I was asked, do you want to participate 100% absolutely yes we do. So um, through that was able to then um, bring in my team who uh, ultimately helped prepare that entire package. I'm not saying I, I had a lot to do with the actual video creation. Um, But we put together a plan, a proposal, uh, which was um, well received by the senior administration on the academic side, and now are rolling out um, two different versions of virtual awards receptions. Um, So those are the types of things. I think, in going back to my earlier statement, I think we really have to um, over-communicate and communicate all of the great things that we do, just to ensure it's getting in front of people's, so they are aware that we have done Um, this type of press release that we are doing um, uh, I know the University of Arkansas has done a a razorback kind of um, alumni razorback piece so they're doing that online so it's just ensuring so we we know it goes out virtually and we know it goes out digitally and so the world can see it but sometimes those on campus don't actually see the work that you so it's documenting that making sure that it gets to the appropriate people and whether you think you're bombarding them with emails, really you're just providing them with information and you provide the work. And so they are constantly seeing all of the things that you are contributing to, to life on campus, especially while there's nobody on campus. Mm-hmm. So it's a great
0: example of how to position yourself as a resource outside of the walls of your immediate department. Mary Beth, thank you for sharing that example. Um, EJ, I know one of the things that we, we spoke about on our pre-call was this issue of the importance of advocacy, whether it's self-advocacy or advocacy for your team, your people who report, you know, report to you, who you're responsible for. I think sometimes that word um, makes people squirm a little bit because they're concerned that it feels self-promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit through about how do you advocate for yourself? and all of these wonderful things that you're doing in this current environment um knowing that it has to happen right
3: that's a great question it really is you know our daily mission is certainly promoting the accomplishments of others our programs our university you know we're typically behind the scenes people uh we're giving others the spotlight uh although sometimes you know in in, in normal circumstances we uh we, we we come out of the spotlight usually that's when it's hitting the fan right when we have to serve as uh program or department spokesperson, but this is uh, th- this is our mission. Uh, this is what we're charged to do and we certainly understand that. Um, I'm certain many people out there have run All-America or All-Star campaigns. Um, let me suggest this. I think now more than ever, we need to campaign on behalf of ourselves, our offices and our profession. And this isn't shameless self-promoting. Uh, this isn't look at me. Uh, I think this is a simple accounting of what we're doing and what we're producing on a day-to-day basis and week-to-week basis and circumstance-to-circumstance basis. Um, It is important to communicate our successes and our production. Uh, I think we can approach it like a uh, so-called Player of the Week nomination. Think about what goes into that. Think about what goes into an Athlete of the Week nomination. If you aren't already doing this, I'm gonna dovetail a little bit off of what uh, Mary Beth uh, put so very, very well and so effectively. If you're not already doing this let let me recommend the following. Daily reports, weekly reports. Now more than ever we need to communicate and over-communicate. We need to detail what we are, what our unit is focused on and producing for the athletic department. Um, This may very well be uh, say a collection of daily or weekly links. Links to external media coverage that we've generated um, or that we've coordinated. Uh, links to online content that we are producing that, are, that is promoting our brand and our people in great and effective ways. Um, these are effective and useful internally with upper administration. Uh, I, I might suggest that uh, we can double the usage, and it's also things, as uh, Mary Beth alluded to, that can be used um, to external audiences as well. Um, very, very important. I don't look at that as, and again it may be uncomfortable about uh, a focus on, don't look at it as a focus on me. It truly is a focus on we, our offices, our people, the people that we are we are promoting. Um, and I, I want to give a, a special message here. I realize that we have a very diverse audience out there. We have lead SIDs, we have associate athletic directors, we also probably have some people who are um, uh, younger in their professional journey, And I do want to send a special message to our our lead SIDs and uh, and associate AD types. You know, you need to look at yourselves as the veteran in the locker room. You know, as the veteran, as the team captain, you have a responsibility to the rest of the team. You're going to get access sometimes to the head coach or the AD or the lead administrator that others don't. let, let me illustrate it this one, you know, a, a young man who uh, I worked with as a student athlete and who's now a member of our athletic department, his name is Lusaka Polite, okay, uh, was a great student athlete, a great fullback for us in the early 2000s, went on to a decade-long career in the NFL. Uh, he was a working man in the NFL. He was not a top draft choice, but he, uh, he, he spent 10 years in the NFL, as a, signed as a free agent, uh, played for about three or four different teams. Well, he told me one time about when he joined the New England Patriots and uh, signed his contract the first call that we got join the Patriots as a fullback was from Tom Brady and Tom Brady said hey you know hey welcome to the team I want to get with you as soon as I can because I want to teach you the passing tree and run routes with you so you know how to catch my my footballs my passes Uh, guys whether you're a Tom Brady fan or a Patriots fan or not that's leadership and I think that's what we need to show uh now more than ever especially for our younger teammates. Uh, we need to be actively present with them. We need to ask them, what can I do for you? How are you feeling? Um, tell me about what, uh, you know, what your ambitions are, how you think you can impact this project. We're all in that huddle together. We gotta look everybody in the eyes and be advocates and assets for them. So, you know, uh, for those of you who have a seat at the table with athletic directors, take advantage of that setting. Take advantage of that setting. Understand, you know, that the ADs now more than ever have a, a very difficult challenge, but take the opportunity to speak about how your department your office and the people under your watch are impacting what the university needs now more than ever. Um, and I might suggest this, when appropriate, and I realize we're doing everything virtually now, take your younger colleagues, uh, your assistant directors along when you can. I think that serves a couple different purposes here. It exposes your colleagues, to uh you know so-called executive level discussions but you know that they have vital insights as well you know they have vital insights they can share and that gives them an opportunity to showcase that to uh, to your athletic director or your lead administrators uh, we're surrounded by great people and great teammates giving them the opportunity like that i think would be invaluable um mary beth can say this i'm sure everybody on this panel can say this we all had people who did that for us as younger professionals I'll never forget it. It was an experience that marked me forever after, and I always said, you know what, I got to pay that forward when given the opportunity. Um, but again, you used an interesting phrase there, and I understand it the ultimate dilemma. I don't want to come off as self-promoting. I don't want to come off as me or I. Don't look at it that way. If not for yourself as an individual, think about your office. Uh, think about your sports information colleagues across the country. They do tremendous work. They're passionate professionals. Uh, Kevin Trainer, thank you, fireman. Yeah. We are the fire people who run the disaster, not away from it like everybody else. And I love that, Kevin. I'm going to write that down and always allude to it because I think it's a great line. But um, we need to be there for each other. We need to be those team captains. We need to be those teammates who are helping each other, advocating and promoting each other. Uh, if you have a younger colleague who's doing great work, call, text, send an email to the AD, copy that person say, I want to tell you, Uh, what this individual did on behalf of our university, our college, our department, Mm -hmm. our student athletes today. That's how you advocate for each other. Um, That will give a a wider audience of knowledge of what uh, our departments across the country are doing now more than ever. Mm
0: -hmm. It's a great suggestion and it also is a great um, tool to help build and enhance organizational culture as a whole to providing that level of recognition on a consistent basis when people are are working really hard um, behind the scenes. Um, I want to remind our participants that you can send questions in for any of our panelists. You can address one to someone specifically or just a general question. Um, and I do want to have Mike talk just for a couple minutes here um, about the other side of what EJ was talking about and what Mary Beth was talking about. So now you're in the room. Um, you're the person um, at the table with the Who's having to make a lot of really difficult decisions right now, um, and having to create endless numbers of scenarios um, for our industry as a whole? Um, how would you advise our athletics communications professionals who are listening today to prepare for those conversations? What are some key things they need to be thinking about uh, so that they can show up in a way that's most effective to those conversations?
1: Thanks, Jen. Uh, that's a that's a A great question and a hard question. Um, You know, I I don't want to presume that everybody can get to the table. And I think when people think about, hey, getting to the table and having influence and having input, everybody wants that. Everybody wants to have their voice heard. And so, how do you do that? Whether you're in the room or outside the room. Um, And I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this to the the perspective of your athletic directors. You know, you've all been in situations where you're working closely with a coach. They have a tough loss what their mood is like, they got the weight of the world on their shoulders, they've got another tough game coming up, and how you manage those situations, and how you play psychologist for that person, and how you be a a trusted individual for them. Same things happening here at an even greater level. Uh, Athletic directors across the country and senior university leadership are in situations right now where they have unbelievable pressure related to finances, unbelievable pressure related to Uh, The challenge that they have of responsibility for staffs that might be uh, 100 people, 200 people, 500 people, uh, hundreds of athletes, the coaches that go with them. Uh, And those are really, really daunting situations that nobody has all the answers to. So whether you are at the table, want to provide influence, there's a few things that I do think jump out and are important. First of all, uh, I think you have a responsibility to manage up. And what I mean by that is uh, the extent to which you can put information in the hands of your uh, either athletic director or key decision makers, again, whether you're in the room or not in the room, and anticipate the things that are on their mind is crucial. So for example, coaches right now are not on the road and unable to recruit. How are you helping your coaches think about recruiting Uh, using social media, setting up conversations for some of your coaches who might not be technologically savvy. I think that's a huge piece of the equation. Athletic directors right now are obviously going to be very concerned about uh, finances from their donors, from ticket-buying fans, uh, and how are you helping them craft a story, provide content that keeps uh, your teams and your department in the consciousness of your supporters, at a time where it's sort of like the summer, there's no there's no competition happening, uh, but the business is still going forward, and at some point we're going to emerge from the other side of this and be playing games again. How do you maximize those minutes and make those things valuable and meaningful? And you all have varieties of tools. Some of you are great with digital, some of you are great in written word, some of you are great with social media and media relations. First of all and foremost, I think when people are under pressure they revert to what they know. And I think you're all going to say, hey, I'm gonna revert to my strengths. So if you've got a strength in a particular area, despite the fact that we're all, you're know, you all five tool people and we're all fighting fires, what are your strengths? And and leverage those even more at this time in ways that are going to help your department uh, do the types of things necessary to the external public. And then internally, a key piece of the equation here is reinforcing the culture of your department. Uh, being positive with your staff, being positive with the people around you, uh, focusing on your strategic plan, focusing on your mission and your vision, and your why, which is your student athletes. Uh, Those are key pieces of the equation and everybody is going through and experiencing difficult times right now. Uh, And the extent to which you can connect those people uh, and use those seasoned professional skills that that, uh, EJ mentioned, uh, I think are crucial. Pull those together keep thinking about the ways you can contribute and again, manage up, get ideas in front of the people who are making those decisions. They may not respond to your idea. They may not like your idea, uh, but the risk is worthwhile. Uh, If everybody's sitting in a room and saying the same thing, uh, people are either not disclosing what they really think or aren't thinking, and neither of those are good outcomes. So go with those, some, those types of things. Last two things I would share. Uh, One, you know, we talk about communication, uh, frame it as storytelling, you know, tell the story internally, tell the story externally. Uh, storytelling is a lot more important than data and this, this infographic here is, a, is a, a good example of that. We can put numbers on a page, we can show you percentages, all those types of things. The infographic here is telling a story and the story is there's a lot of things that people uh, who work in sports information do. There's a lot of things that people in sports information uh, might be perceived as doing or perceived as not doing. This is an opportunity for you to start crafting your own thought processes and putting those things together uh, in a way that helps advocate for you, advocate for your area, uh, and advocate in ways that are going to help your department in total uh, at a pretty scary time. Uh, there's no question. Everybody's reading the media that's out there about the future of higher education. What happens if no football, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, no, you can't. You can't dwell on that. Those are things beyond your control. And coaches love to say, "Control the controllables." This exa- This is a perfect example of that. Control the controllables that are in your orbit, and make sure that you are providing information to those that need to make decisions. The last thing I would say is that. Um, Information is power. Um, you know you all work in a media world and work with the media. Uh, use your networks. Uh, people who are sports information professionals and athletic and athletic communications. you know people across the industry and across the country. Pick up the phone, check in with your peers. How are they doing personally, first and foremost, but what are they seeing on their campus? What's a good idea that you can pull from somebody else's campus where you go, "Oh, we didn't think about that at our place." Let's implement that here, or let's implement a version of that here. So use those tools, bring them all together uh, and figure out a way to uh, really make the job of decision makers easier um, and give them the information that allows them to do the things they need to do. So I'll stop there and uh, hit, the, hit the questions, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Um, EJ, I'm gonna send this one your way uh, cause it's got your initials on it. Um, so, uh, the question is that, uh, it seems more and more that some supervisors believe that, um, communications is something that anybody can do. Um, and so there becomes this perception that, you know, it's, you everything is interchangeable, um, within all of these different areas of balls that we're seeing in the air and, and, um, on the infographic so you know how as an athletics professional how can they work to overcome this attitude or this perception that well anybody can do what you do um, to to help that professional increase their value on their campus
3: well that's an interesting question I, I, I'll disagree with the premise of course that anybody can do it um, you know I guess anybody can speak and write and tweet and uh, put a web posting up. I I get that, but I do think that um, professional communicators, uh, more specifically, uh, our COSIDA colleagues, um, do this every day. Uh, They do it repetitively. Uh, They do it strategically. Uh, They do it sharply. Uh, They do it with certain intentions and goals in mind. Uh, They do it with uh, certain audiences and impacts in mind. And I would say that uh, our colleagues, uh, both who are on this webinar and beyond and, and throughout the country, um are very highly skilled and sharpened communicators uh, and they have to do it hour by hour and day by day uh, this is our professional life um, so i would hope that that's not a uh, prevalent mindset that anybody can do it um, if it is uh, i think that the, that is another charge for our advocacy committee to uh, show and demonstrate that that is uh, not necessarily the case at all and that's not to uh, denigrate or criticize uh, anyone else, but I do think if you go with the collegiate athletic departments, uh, the people who um, truly do this in a very high-level, impactful, skillful, thoughtful way, uh, I think you are typically going to find in your SID office, and uh, I think we have a, a daily form and platform to be able to show how the effective communicators that we are, and uh, again, if that's a matter of those daily, weekly reports or showcases for what we do and how well we do it. Um, there's one more piece of encouragement for everyone, all of our colleagues to be able to uh, put those compilations and reports together to be able to show uh, how impactful and how sharpened our communications efforts are. I hope that answers the question.
0: Yeah, I I think it does. And I think the key word that you said there is strategic, um, that you're not just winging it all day, every day. There's, There's deep strategy to the profession and to the content that's delivered, and it all is interconnected in very intricate ways, and that's an element that has to be considered um, absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, a little bit on the same, uh, in the same vein here, Marybeth. But um, another somewhat related question is the the concern or the fear that um, athletic dire- directors really look at athletic communications as um, one of the first places where cuts can potentially be made um, relative to other areas in the department. Would you talk a little bit about that? And um, what, if any, thoughts do you have about how you combat that perception that there is slack in athletic communications or it's not a medical necessity for the health and well-being of student athletes? So, you know, so that's place where there's a little bit of capacity to be found. Could you Could you touch on that concern a little bit?
2: Yeah, and I, 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 it's not that I share the concern, but I understand where the concern is coming from. Um, because unfortunately, there are athletic directors that, that likely think that that's all you can do. And I think this goes back to some of the conversation where we talked about showing your value that's transferable. And it's not simply just doing stats. And it's not simply just reporting on a website or uh, events at a game. It, you have to kind of show that grid, show the bubbles, show the um, Excel sheet, whatever you need to do, to show what you've been doing and how you've been able to um, provide value to not just the athletic department that you go sometimes it's you know you may be assisting the alumni department and if you haven't oh, already you should be looking at other opportunities where you can show your value and show your worth so looking at the um, the alumni department and seeing how you can help with or donor relations how can you enhance some of the portfolios Can enhance. Um, their websites or enhance their, um, you know, bids and books and, and looking for, uh, you know, other elements within their departments. The other, the other example is looking onto the academic campus and everybody is trying to provide digital content right now. Everybody is mm-hmm. looking for video and other things to keep themselves relevant to to reach out their, to to their constituents to their students who are now off campus. So I think there are other opportunities there. Whereas you know, somebody who can create video. Someone who's done publishing design, someone who does graphics, um, someone who does written, you know, even internal communications. Never mind the external. There's a lot of internal communication happening now, and the key messaging going to uh, either on campus or to the uh, campus constituents who are off campus. So there are lots of ways that you can attribute your value and what you bring. And I think it needs to be concise, well documented, and you need to show examples of your work. and And really kind of lay it out there you again it's it's not to be boastful right now you're it's not about being shy though you have to show uh-huh. your so that they understand what it's not i mean i know for myself and my staff our work has not reduced since working at home. Uh-huh. We work at home and quite honestly i think we've worked more hours than what we might in the office during what is now in canada kind of our off-season time as we we finish a bit sooner than you in, in the united states so um quite frankly, my day is full. My meetings are full. Mm-hmm. We need a plan. We continue to provide content. Like we're looking at all, and we're strategizing. Like this is our strategizing and planning time. Right now we don't have certain things that we normally would have in our, in our um, social media content calendar. They've had to have been taken out. So we've got to mm-hmm. now fill that void with other things and we've got to do it in other, other creative ways. So there's that creativity coming about. There's the, you know, the, so I think, um, those elements though, you are going to have to push. You are going to have to, as EJ was saying, step outside of that comfort zone. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for some to kind of put forth what you bring and showcase um, you know, key elements and key characteristics and, and the value you bring. So, But you're gonna have to do it at this point. It's gonna become mm-hmm. an essential and you're gonna have to push that a little bit. And whether it's whether you have direct connection to the athletic director, whether you have indirect connection, You need to start making inroads and start letting people know uh, of the great work that you do on your campus. Mm -hmm.
0: Mike, you've been an athletic director, Division One athletic director. Um, Maybe you could touch on those couple of questions or the theme of those questions just a little bit as well
1: sure uh you know the the thing that comes to mind as i as i hear these co- the comments and and i want to start with with ej's point about uh and the question that he got out of the gate about you know um uh, uh you know anybody could come and do this you know i i think that's i think he's right that's that's not the way to think about this and, and you know look anybody can make dinner uh there's some people i like making dinner a lot more than some others I, you know i like going to a fine restaurant or i can go to i don't want to name any any institutions here but you know th- th- not all things are created equal and i mm-hmm. think that the key piece and where you pull this together and again provide provide value is is first and foremost in your competence you know the extent to which you're tighter than ever on those details is crucial uh the things that that people in your roles are doing and is enormously important is there's an unbelievable focus right now on brand and brand awareness how are you keeping your your brand on point? And for those who have been at places longer, uh, you know, and, and this idea that anybody can do this, you know, the retraining and and the things that go into having to to bring a new person on board is not easy. It's far easier to have lived the story than have to read about the story and create it after the fact. So if you are somewhere where you have some history, uh, and have lived those stories. Figure out ways to bring those back into the forefront. Find the key alumnus who made the big play in a particular game. Find the alumnus who has gone out uh, and and crafted their way in business. Find a uh, you know a student athlete from the field hockey team who uh, is working in the medical profession or those types of things. Those stories are out there, and the extent to which you have lived those ideas, those those moments lived with those people been a part of their lives which is obviously something you do and and the comment was made earlier about knowing the athletes better than most people other than coaches lean on those strengths lean on those areas Uh, and again that goes to the invaluable nature of what you're doing uh, and helping the institution and the department move forward in in meaningful ways and bringing ideas forward and again managing up as, as i mentioned earlier
0: that's great. Thank you for sharing that perspective. And I, I think that's a great um, analogy as far as cooking. Um, there's a, an author and a blogger named Seth Godin who talks about the analogy, are you a cook or are you a chef? Um, both put food on the table. Um, but you know to speak to that, um, that comment of Mike's, athletics communications professionals are the chefs. Um, and they're the Michelin chefs and they're you know the, the chefs that are on television trying to make the art of cooking better um, in those ways. And so um, it's a great that's immediately what I thought of when you said that. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so we do have um, a comment from Kosida Hall of Famer John Paquette Uh, EJ is good at anticipating possible problems. That is an important skill to show value to your superiors. So EJ, make sure you send John his $20 um, for sharing that in the the comment chat. Um, But a a shout out certainly to you EJ and um, also to you Mary Beth and Mike for all of the value and the wisdom that you've shared with us today. Um, A couple of other things that we want to share on behalf of COSIDA today, there are lots of resources available, um, not only um, within COSIDA, but some that were mentioned earlier. Um, Obviously, if you're trying to navigate crafting a, a strategy for your particular area, if you're trying to figure out how to better tell your story and you're struggling with where's that line between um you know showing value versus self-promotion um lean hard on your resources as as the panelists said earlier there's a lot of different areas that you can go to to try and get help crafting your story whether it's peers in the industry a supervisor in your department um, other COSIDA members the, the organization itself um use your friends uh, and your peers right now Um, and that's how we're all going to be successful and successfully come out of the other side of this is by by leaning on our friends and um, helping each other uh, all be successful on the other end of this Um, one other thing that we do want to mention we've alluded to the fact that more data is coming more details are coming regarding this salary survey because of the overwhelming amount of responses Um, which is a great problem to have. Um, We're sifting through it in chunks with COSIDA. So you can see here that we do have some upcoming release dates for different segments of that data. Um, So today obviously is about the value of communications professionals and all of those different hats that you wear. Uh, But we're also going to be looking at what you all said about overall career satisfaction, about the profession as a whole, about the industry as a whole, Um, And ultimately, uh, closer to convention, we will make um, the reporting mechanism that we use for our clients uh, publicly available for all of you to go in and drill down into yourself um, and, and use some filtering tools to um, recreate your own particular situation for your campus and then see where you land among your peers. Um, so all of these things are, uh, are things that COSID is working very hard on right now and will be coming to you in the, the next couple of weeks. So please keep an eye out for all of that great information. So as we wrap up today, I, I do want to thank everyone for joining you. Um, we know this is a busy time and a hectic time and we really appreciate, you know, the Uh, A couple hundred of participants who dedicated this this chunk of time with us. Um, There are other upcoming webinars to keep your eye on, um, especially as we all navigate these really challenging times. And uh, I do want to provide a special thank you to our panelists as well today, Mike, Marybeth, and EJ. Um, Really great to see and hear from all of you and appreciate all of the the comments and the value that you brought to our group today. Um, We do want to thank Capital One for their continued sponsorship of this webinar series. Uh, reminder that you can find this on-demand webinar on COSIDA.com and COSIDA Connect later today. So if you had a colleague who wasn't able to attend and you want to shoot them a link, um, they can find it there or on the YouTube channel or the website. It'll be available on all of those. COSIDA will continue with the Listening and Leading webinar series through April and May. And uh, there's more information on the screen about future webinars and as well podcasts that will be coming up. So thank you uh, participants, thank you panelists. We hope you all have a wonderful afternoon. Uh, Above all, be well, and we will see you again soon. Thanks so much.